Howdy, y'all. Let's wait for people to join the stream. And let's see, let me go over to YouTube now and set all this up. Caleb Brown in the house. What's up, Caleb? Wow, we got seven already? Jesus. You guys are quick. <laughs> I'll tweet out this link. You've got the you've got the wrong promo code for, for Paloma Verde in the bio. Really? I, I was I heard this is the only one that works. The other one makes your dick fall off. <laughs> uh, I was sure that Carlos told me that the other one like sends poison CBD to you. It's not even CBD. <laughs> it's it's like distilled Hillary Clinton urine. <laughs> <laughs> can, can we get to like the serious part of the conversation? Or... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Which, which one's that? Narr narrator's voice. This is the serious part of the conversation. <laughs> but yeah, and okay, here is. So yeah, and uh, but Pete, you know, congratulations on you know your big your your big appearance on Tim Pool. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I wish I would have uh, gotten to say more, but I think that's a common refrain from most people who go on the show. You know, Tim, it's Tim's show, and he can talk as he's going to talk as much as he wants, and. Yeah. Hey, more power to him. Uh, if, if I had a show in a similar to, uh, format to his, mm -hmm. I'd probably do a lot, most of the talking as well. So, yeah. yeah. People I were thought... complaining about that. And I'm like, it's his show. You know that, right? It's it, <laughs> it's like we're having a conversation. And then all of a sudden he goes, okay, we're going to go live now. And we just basically continue the conversation. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, but I thought the point you made about China was just uh, so excellent. And like his, like, I, I saw all the reing. You know, in the uh, chat when you started talking about why China is not really a threat to us, and you know that's a uh, that's something I really I really wish more people knew because well here's here's the thing the crazy thing about that is it's like I mean if you have somebody who's left wing who goes on there and then they start um, defend you know saying that China is not a big threat obviously you're going to look at that person and go really what do you know and everything. I'm the most, I was the most right-wing person in that fucking room. Yeah. Oh, by you a know? lot. And I'm the one saying that, I, I'm the one coming in there and going, here, here's the facts about China. There's this, 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 this. House of cards. I mean, it's it's going to fall and they're going to go right back to a cultural revolution and they're going to start oppressing their people even worse than they do now. And Big what do you, what do we want to do about it? Well, I mean, I don't care. It's like It's like, oh, what if China takes over Taiwan? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, I just don't. It has nothing to do with my life. I don't care. There are Christians being massacred because they're Christians in Africa right now. There are Christians massacring Muslims because there are Muslims in Africa right now. I don't care. I, don't, I mean, I care, but it's not like I want to go do anything. Right? You know, it's not like I, you've got so many other problems to solve. Yeah. I mean, they just... Put down mandates. Hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking <Yeah>. of mandates. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, that's what we got coming here. But Pete, I mean, it's so uh, absolutely correct because the, uh, it, like everything about China, if people just heard the data about how bad things are going to get, this is why you know, Xi Jinping is going all totalitarian right now is that, you know, this is, you know, he's preparing for real lockdown. Uh, like well, what are they doing? Lockdown. 
they're, what are they doing? They're taking femboys off of TV. They're they're um, persecuting rich TV stars. This is the start of a cultural revolution. This has nothing to do with us. And they've been like forecasting this for like two decades with what they've been doing with the fall to the Falun Gong and to the uh, to the Uyghurs, uh, you know, in you know Xinjiang, and like the the amount of you know, like stu you know, stuff they've been doing to get ready for this and all the technical preparation. Like right now, they spend like twice the amount on internal security that they do on mi their military budget. And that tells you what they think their priority priorities are, because you can always tell what the power is, you know, who has the power and who, you know, where they need it by where the money's actually going. You can always follow the money to find the power. And yeah, if they're spending twice as much on internal security as they are on, you know, military, it tells you they're really not thinking too too much about external issues. And you can also see that, like what they're doing with the Belt and Road Initiative, where they're basically preparing for a world where they can't navigate the seas because all of it, all of their neighbors hate them and want to take their stuff. And there and there's very little that they can do about it. They do do not have the naval capacity to you know, secure their supply lines from the Persian Gulf all the way, you know, convenient 6,000 miles away to China. <laughs> oh, one uh, of the things, one of the things that Scott and I talked about last night that I had forgot to mention on the show is most of their neighbors hate them. I mean, 2014 to 2015, there were firefights between the Chinese army and, and Vietnam mm -hmm. and the Vietnamese. I mean, these people do not like them at all. I oh, mean, that's been going on for 3,000 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, this is just recent. You know, people are like, oh, oh, they've been a capitalist nation. It's like, no. They, and oh, they, and I thought Scott made a great point about the whole Belt and Road thing, mm. where they're going to build a road all the way to to Lisbon. Yeah. So what, what are they just going to be like overthrowing countries as they go? Or are they going to have to, if they did come up with this insane project that they can't afford and that people are going to stop taking their currency soon as as it is oh, no one they, takes their currency already they all yeah. have to do every everything they do has to be in dollars so what are they going to do they're going to they'll become the biggest diplomats on the planet i mean they'll have to be be friendly to everybody as they're going through or else they'll just be torn apart and everybody who thinks that like they're oh their their military is absolutely their military is awful I don't care that they have yeah. all these people. And I mean, it's also, a, I mean, do you think they that, have all the people? Yeah. I mean, you think most of the people in that military want to be in the military? No, they're that, just there. Well, no, it's even worse than that because if the, uh, you know, the way they stack their numbers a little bit is they include all of the ROTC recruits who are only there. Because if you go to college in China, you have to go, you know, enter into their ROTC and really all you do there is like my wife, who is like, a, you know, like a size three or something like that, you know, she like, re like really like tiny. And you know, she like when she went to college in Beijing, she had to go through military training, which is just you learn a little bit of, of communist propaganda and everyone understands that it's bullshit. And the uh, and then you, and you just like sing some songs to Mao or something like that. And that's about that's all it is. And it's a total joke and they inflate the, the numbers with you know like uh, hundreds of thousands of people who only are only in the military for like four years because that's the four years of college and then they leave and they just do that every single year to inflate their numbers so really it's like i, I mean i, I kind of just laugh at the idea that 
you know, like a size four, like my wife is going to be, you know, carrying a gun and, you know, shooting against the U.S. military. <laughs> it was like the who's who of like all the worst killers on the planet. And it's like, this is not an army. And by the way, and the last time their military was actually deployed, you know, in any sort of combat situation, and by the way, I'm being really, really generous with that, was, was uh, 1989 to Tiananmen Square, where they just shot a whole bunch of unarmed protesters. And that like that's their that's like the sum total of their institutional capabilities. They can manage a few unarmed protesters you know, or a few tens of thousands. But, you know, uh, but that's it. I mean, you want to put those Pure guys up against like, even the Pure Taiwanese. Yeah. They, I mean, they can't take the Taiwanese. And, you know, just because they have to put all of that on a ship and then move it over. And the Taiwanese are going to be you know throwing harpoons at anything that moves in the water. <laughs> And then Japan has, has basically said, hey, if you attack Taiwan, you know, we're going to come with our aircraft carriers and fuck you up. And they can just park their aircraft carriers right behind the, uh, right behind Taiwan and run sorties all, all up and down the Strait of Taiwan. So there's nothing they can do. I you mean, don't even need a, you don't even need a military to oppress your own people. The police can do that. Yeah. Your own unarmed population. I mean, it's. It's madness what people have bought into, you know, and I want to know Steve Bannon's business interests in China, because most of the people who are China hawks are getting their information from Steve Bannon. And I want to know about him living on a yacht with a with a Chinese billionaire. I want to know about all the business interests he has in China before I'm going to listen to anything that guy has to say. Oh, I, I was I, just going to say, like, who 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 stands to benefit from the appearance that China is a, a a major player is an ascendant empire, who like who stands to benefit from that? I, well, I see where the 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 current Western regime, really, as they as they continue to burn through their political capital that they've accumulated, they need a boogeyman. They need someone out there to 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 create cover for uh, for the 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 whole implementation of the Great Reset and all that kind of things. So I. It, to me, it stands to reason that they would pump China up as a boogeyman, even if they aren't. Yeah, uh, what, what they wanted to do was kind of what they were doing with TPP before Trump, you know, put a fork in it was, you know, they, they, they understood that, OK, China's about to collapse. So we're going to move all of our investments to like, you know, Vietnam and the, and the, China, and the South Pacific, you know, those islands, because they still have stable demographies and they can manage the same. They can get the same work done for cheaper. And so they were going to use the TPP as a way of, you know, fucking over China in order to, you know, move just that industrial base out of China to the South Pacific and that, and they were going to benefit that way. But Trump kind of put a fork in that and said, nah, we're not doing it. And also tariffs against China because fuck them. And he ended up doing, Trump ended up doing the same thing with Mexico. So basically if you, when they passed the USMCA, they took entire portions of the TPP more like verbatim. And just change the name from China, yeah, yeah, from uh, like Mexico, from like all the Southern Pacific Islands to Mexico. And so basically, now Mexico's the new China. And yeah, you know, and it's even better because they're even they're like five times cheaper than China, and in terms of their labor, they have they can do more higher value added than China. And you know, they, and they're right next door, so you don't need you know massive international shipping, yeah, you know, which is very very expensive. Yeah, even though even though floating it is one twelfth the cost of you know driving it anywhere, which by the way is the real problem with the Belt and Road Initiative is that now you know that's like twelve times more expensive than uh, than shipping it over water. But the uh, 
anyway, but the, but yeah, so ne- but now they the, the chi- Mexico is basically the new uh, you know low cost labor of China. You know that's where all that industrial base is going to be shipping over to. And it's just a speaking, of speaking of Mexico, Mark Claire had a had a really interesting tweet. I think he put it out this I mean, morning or that's yesterday. Funny that's who I'm texting with right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, he said that uh, uh, he he did a, it was a poll with three options, and it said which which country or which people are experiencing the most liberty right now. And it was Canada, the United States, and Mexico. And Mexico, Mexico is like 98 percent on mm-hmm. the poll. I absolutely. believe it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And absolutely. yeah. And so, uh, turns you can walk into a drugstore and get uh, hydroxychloroquine without a prescription. You can get ivermectin without a prescription. I'm not saying that any of those things will treat anything just so this doesn't get taken down. Um, but yeah, you can get those things. You can walk in and get pretty much anything. I mean, it's nice trying to plan, trying to plan a trip to Mexico actually in December should be fun. Oh, that would be a lot of fun. I would love to go to uh, Mexico that and uh it's nice being down here on the uh close to the border where if anything goes horribly wrong uh i have an escape route right there already planned out and if it, so it's like i don't think we're going to be just going to quite get there but on the off chance it's like uh you know that's that's my that's my way out and but i think we're about ready to uh get started and the uh you know first i i wanted to say oh shoot <laughs> unfortunately i ate all of the uh you know those cbd gummies that are delicious from paloma verde cbd and if you use a really excellent uh promo code and matt what matt what was it again uh no that was the wrong code king (laughs) that was the wrong one (laughs) that that one i i I guarantee will give you like distilled hillary clinton urine <laughs> it's like yeah, you know, Carlos assured me that that was the wrong one. <laughs> All of my poor, poor listeners. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the uh, no, but if you use a promo code named you know popular, you will get uh, you will get twenty five percent off your order, and you uh, uh, you know over seventy five bucks and free shipping. And these gummies are the best, you know, my, I, you know, really liked using them to, uh, whenever my wife gets upset at me, I hold her down and shove these things down her throat and she, you know, she calms right down. <laughs> no, but seriously, they're great. I mean, and- I know Asians are supposed to be submissive, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, she just got home from, she got home from the gym earlier and she's like, oh, Andrew, my, you know, I, my muscles are really hurting. I'm like, here, baby, here's the, you know, t- go ahead, take the last two because I'm generous to her like that. And that's how that really works out. Cause she, you know, she, she's actually pretty strong for such a small girl. And by small, I mean, she's like five foot seven. So she's actually taller than the average male in China. And that was a big problem for her. But anyway, huh. that, uh, yeah, she, like they're all short over there. Who knew? I guess, uh, what, tw- you know, 20 years of major famine or something like that, <laughs> you know, it makes you grow really short because that lowers your metabolism. Oops. And anyway, but the, uh, so, and, so anyway, and th- there is also a new thing which we have now, which is, uh, you know, you know, we all have, uh, a Patreon, uh, no, 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 subscribe stars. And you know, Matt finally got his first. Uh, no, I'm kidding. His uh, <laughs> his you know, supporting listeners group up and running after all this time of just of uh, promoting it behind the scenes. Matt, why don't you go ahead and give him the link? Uh, Subscribestar.com/slash/kingpilled. And and uh, what are, and how much does it cost? What do they get for it? 
Uh, there's three different levels. You could there's a for ten bucks you get uh, you get access to the supporting listeners group ten bucks a month. For uh, twenty bucks a month, you get access to the supporting listeners group and access to private live streams with future guests, as well as the sexual pleasure of being so based. Uh, and then for fifty bucks a month, you can get uh, all of the above, as well as a private Zoom call with Stephen and I, um, and guests to be determined uh, 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 each month. So those are the, those those are the three tiers. And uh, Pete, you have a subscribe star too. I, I don't know if there are any yeah, rewards. If you go to subscribe star, it's uh, Pete Kenyon. Uh, just look for free man beyond the wall. It'll pop up. And yeah, there's different levels there and um, everything from, Hey, you get early episodes to, Hey, you get my phone number. Works out great. And I, I made a new, a uh, one as well. And if you, you know, for $2, you can get just my articles. I have a second one up. I just posted last night, which is the int introduction to archotropism. And the first one was the introduction to the anti-tax and they're both fairly long. I've got five pages each. And I will be posting them pretty quickly. And you know, or, yeah, so you know, you will get those a month ahead of time. So you're, if you want to read their articles a month ahead of time, you might want, you might consider you know a two bucks right there. If you want to, you know, join my you know my supporting listeners group, you know, that's a uh, it's going to cost you a little bit more, eight bucks. You know, so cancel the gas digital. <laughs> Excuse me, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, put that money over here was really was really useful. And if you bet, you know, go up to uh, seventeen, I will give you a block list for, that I've taken through commie Twitter, <laughs> and so you can physically <laughs> remove <laughs> all of the leftists from from your uh, news feed. They will not be able to find your account. They'll find like, why am I blocked by this person I've never seen before? And this will be why. So the, uh, and that is updated regularly. So, and now we all have extra money coming in and you can help all of us fight a war on poverty and stop being poor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because I don't want to have to continue my job at the biodiesel plant feeding poor people into, I'm, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, <laughs> to run the city buses. Yep. To run the city buses. <laughs> anyway. So. Uh, we, you know, we have some major news today out of the, uh, out of Washington, D.C. And the, uh, you know, we have, you know, Biden came out with his, or I should say the empire has struck back at the, uh, at the, uh, you know, what was left of the free world. And we've already seen what's been going on in Australia. And I'm afraid it, we're, uh, that's probably going to come here too. So the, uh, you know, Biden has has uh, directed OSHA to force all firms employing at least 100 people to get their entire staff fully vaccinated. And this is on top of his pre-existing orders for all federal workers, all military personnel and federal contractors. And it basically this this order, uh, you know, goes after two thirds of Americans. Now that, you know, this is not the, uh, the the worst part of it, because, you know, the largest chunk of the uh of the people who have not yet been vaccinated are kids. And so, you know, making a, a order that applies to, you know, uh, 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 you know, two, you know, only, you know, employers with more than a hundred employees. Well, those employees are not, you know, tend not to be children in school. And that's where this is, that's where this is going right now. And this is where, you, you know, this is like the, you know, we can stop them from getting the kids right now. This is basically where, we, you know, this is the point where, okay, we need to start fighting back. So uh, go ahead, Pete. I didn't have anything to say yet. Um, so, so the, uh, 
you know, I, you know, we're having this uh, roundtable here to start really start, you know, talking about why we need to have uh, libertarians, you know, in the city councils and in the mayor's offices to, uh, you know, start putting the kibosh on enforcement. Because, you know, this is something we, we've talked about in our last, uh, you, know, Matt, you know, Matt, Pete and Poppy uh, roundtable was that the, uh, you know, that, you know, the government does not have the budget to really enforce all of this. And it's mainly going to be enforced like through the honor system. They claim all these nice big threats and they just assume people are going to follow the law because that's usually how it works. But they, you know, OSHA only has like a budget of like half a billion dollars. Not much. And there's like 2,000 agents, and most of them are not in the field. And if you and if you're th and if you're looking at that, and by the way, there's 20,000 like 20,000 municipalities in the United States. So you know there there's like you know one agent for roughly every 10 uh, you know municipalities. So we outnumber the bastards pretty heavily. And I'm th and I'm and I'm thinking, okay, we're also a lot more dispersed than them. So their enforcement measures are basically non-existent and they can, you know, I'm sure there'll be a few of them that, you know, they, they make examples of, but they don't have the budget to really make a whole bunch of examples out of people. And there, I mean, there's just so many businesses and so many municipalities everywhere. And I, I really see this as a way of, you know, really pushing back and fighting back on them because, it, you know, and just embarrass them. Because if they can't enforce their own laws, this makes them look weak, and I think that and it makes us look a lot stronger. This and I think this is like the way you know in terms of actually spreading a message of liberty. Actually, let, let's try spreading the results of liberty, <laughs> uh, the results of electing you know libertarians to say fuck no, you know, it, and our praxians, please. But uh, you know, if you, if if we are using this as a way of you know keeping people safe. I think that, you know, again, safety always trumps liberty and they might get liberty too from this. I think this is the, uh, the, the way forward for the liberty movement, how we actually go about gaining power is that the, the, you know, the federal government is basically enforcing tyranny and which is chaos. That's, that's not order. That's chaos. And this is, you know, if we're going to be the ones, you know, turning archotropism to our advantage, well, let's extract, let's re-extract order and gain the power with that. Yeah, it's I I think at this point it's only local. I mean, I know Jason would disagree with me. I've heard you guys live stream today and Jason's like totally against local politics at this point. But I think that you know, those of us who are in a position where we have you know, we've made it so that we can work remotely from anywhere. I mean, I can work from anywhere in the world right now that we can start concentrating on other things is we're the mm -hmm. ones who want to want to start concentrating on like local politics while everybody else is building up their, um, you know, building up their wealth and becoming mobile and really getting, trying to get out of the system as much as possible and work out of the system as much as possible. But uh, I think it's time that we can probably um, some of us who get away with that can do that can start looking at local politics and if not getting involved ourselves being lobbyists figuring out who we mm -hmm. want who we want to be in there and get that person in there and push to you know push and start shaping things i don't think it's um i don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility um especially when you when you just consider that i mean 
the federal government has all these agencies that are going to have to enforce this. They just don't have the budget to do it on a mass scale. They don't have the budget to enforce it in like most agencies don't have the budget to go and do their job. Um, say like the mandate thing, say they did it with the DOJ. The DOJ doesn't have the budget to enforce like a quarter of the businesses in New York city in a year. So it's like, what are they going to do, really? They're going to rely on states to do it. And there's a lot of governors who are coming out and saying, we're not going to do this, even blue governors. And there are cities that are like, no, we're not going to put up with this. I mean, I know people tell me all the time, you know, myself or no one I know has worn a mask since this whole thing started. And well, that's because they're in areas that are just like, screw you. We're not doing this. This is stupid. You know, so... What does it come down to again? Get the hell out of cities. Yes. <laughs> Get yeah. the hell out of cities. What are you still doing there? Come on. I think the biggest thing that this does is, and this is really the purpose of it, is it pre- it provides a legal fig leaf for the companies, all the companies that just that wanted to do this anyways. There's there's the majority of people are are just fine with a mandate like this, and they want a mandate like this. People that run these companies want mandates like this. They just need to have the 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 like the legal cover to be able to enforce uh to to actually implement that sort of policy and that's what this does so it's going to come down to cultural differences you're going to have to be in a in a in a in a cultural region where the people don't want to enforce it because ultimately really legally it's probably not going to be entirely enforceable if you run it all the way out through the whole legal rigmarole but Nobody can do that. Nobody can afford to do that. It's much easier. People are just like water flows to the lowest point. People are just going to naturally, the blue cities are going to be the worst. Blue rural areas are going to be probably just about as bad. And just basically the further away you get from blue cities, the less this sort of thing is going to be enforced and the less rigorously it's going to be pursued and chased down. So so again, it just comes back to, to, to cultural differences and, for this, this is for people who are employed, and it's going to go to beyond people that you know. Right now, it's the what 100, 100 employees or more. It's definitely going to move beyond that point. But this is for people who are employed. If you are not employed, if you employ yourself, if you've gotten yourself to the position where you don't have to worry about this kind of thing, then you don't have to worry about this kind of thing. You have to worry about other things. Like for me personally, I'm concerned about hospitals because uh, I I have an 11 month old son. And I don't want to deal with him suddenly, you know, knock on wood, he gets hurt and we have to take him to the hospital. And they're like, oh, he needs to be, he needs to be vaccinated for us to treat him. Cause I guarantee that's what's going to happen. I guarantee that's going to be the case at some point soon. And it may even be now. I can't, I, I would not be surprised if they would vaccinate people, um, kids behind their parents' backs. They would just do it without even getting consent. Um, so that's the sort of thing that I'm concerned about. I don't have to worry about getting fired. My income is like like you, Pete. Our income is just completely mobile and we can work from home and we don't have to worry about this sort of thing. The thing I'm concerned about is is hospitals. That's the biggest thing. And I think that that's, uh, that's going to drive us to the reddest region that we can find in hopes that, I mean, the fact that the federal the federal government is so embedded into the, into the medical system uh, as it is, means probably that even in really red regions, the hospitals are still going to probably be kind of holdouts for this kind of thing. 
but at the very least, it'll be better than freaking Southern or uh, South Cal or what am I? What am I saying? Southern California, where I am now. <clears throat> what they are well, it's funny you mentioned that because they actually, you know, Biden included that in his executive order. Was the uh, basically because you know he applied it to and as also any company at all who receives uh, federal funding and mm. uh, and basically through uh, Medicare or Medicaid, which is insurance companies. And they all receive that kind of, that sort of money, and the way they're spending it now, and this is you know, is that the uh, because now that there's a vaccine, oh, well, I, mean, I should back up that last year it was decided that because COVID is not a preventable disease, then basically the insurance companies have to cover it, you know, because there's no prevention for it. And unfortunately, now that they are saying that, well, the vaccines are safe and effective, and that's not really true. And the, uh, you know, well, now they're saying, okay, well, now that it is, uh, you know, a preventable disease, if you go to the hospital and you're not vaccinated, we're not covering you. So that's what they're going to say for why they can't treat you is if you can't pay, or maybe then maybe they treat you and then they stick you with like a bankruptcy bill. And that's the and that's the way they're going they're going to start pushing this right now and they're going they're you know again there's you know I, I i mean at this point we're basically in like fully fascist territory i mean i don't know how we can still make a private company distinction now that they're using the private companies in order to enforce their will and the and the private companies are more than happy to do this because again this is in this is in the insurance company's incentive that of course they don't want to pay out they want to take money in and not pay it out and you know that's that's what an insurance company is supposed to do and that's their incentive it's not to, that they want to keep happy customers it's like no this thing's a fucking cabal <laughs> and they're this is this is a, this is fascism and that you know they're not private companies i mean we can maybe not they're not and they're like private in name only but again that's something fascism is trying to do where it's like yeah it's just private in name only and the government controls everything up and down about how it's done and so it's like, in what sense is it's, that actually private? It's, it's funny if you look at the at the New Deal, like that era, and you look at, at, at the mutual admiration society that there was between uh, uh, FDR and all of his advisors and Mussolini and Hitler, they all were of of a mind. They were all like, we're, we're all on the same page. We're all trying to recreate our societies in the same manner, in the same fashion, same like a, a lot of the the institutions that they created were identical across all three all three countries, and so I mean we've been the the default American position is fascism and has been for this entire regime since since uh, since FDR that that's just been the default state. Ultimately, the public private distinction is just useless. That's why I've been harping on this for months now. That libertarians that are talking about, oh, it's a private company or public or all this thing, they're trying to distinguish between the government and, and corporations and come and it's useless. It's completely useless because liberty is not something related to the state. Mm -hmm. Liberty is something related to anybody. You if, if you have property rights, you have those property rights. And you have the right to defend them against anybody, public or private. It doesn't, if you're a private actor violating my property rights, it doesn't matter if you're not a government. Liberty can't be something restricted just to the state. What there is, is there's good people and there's evil people. And right now there's evil people in positions of power who will use whatever institution they can. And they'll use whatever justification. Hypocrisy is, is a feature, not a bug. They're going to use whatever tool that they can use. 
And if you don't identify them as evil people and use whatever tool you can to oppose them and crush them, then they will crush you. Oh, that's exactly right. I mean, progressivism is, uh, is just fascism driving the speed limit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thanks again, Malice. He's always got the best <laughs> ideas, but you know, it doesn't always apply them, you know, to their fullest extent. And I saw a I saw a tweet the other day, and you know, Matt's talked about the term liberty before, and just how much of a trap it is. And it was just this long tweet thread about getting the vaccine and the mandates and everyone has to get vaccinated. And then it ended with, and this is how we get to Liberty. Well, I mean, what does that word mean anymore? It's like the word libertarian. So many words are just disappearing and people are fighting it. I mean, words disappear, words disappear from, from the lexicon people. Um, Words change meanings all the time. I mean, why are you fighting it? Just let it go. Find something uh, else. They they changed the the definition of vaccine, you know, a few weeks ago yeah. too. They've, <laughs> to, it, uh, they've changed it three times, I think, in the last twenty years. Yeah, and yeah, you know, they're, they're not. I mean, it's like if there's a word that can be used against them, they're just going to change the definition of it, so you can't talk about that anymore. And this is yeah, one of their. This is why I had to create a new word, archotropism. Because yeah, you know, I get, you know this is harder is a much harder one for them to turn, and the uh, but that you know what but you know with liberty though it's like we don't you know it's like you are so far removed from it now and it's like I, I, I mean if you can't uh, make this distinct if if you are still pretending that you know there is no distinction between like right and left it's like. I mean, I can tell that there's a difference between Biden and Trump every time I go to the gas station. And, you know, I mean, this is there's no this is night and day different. It's like, of course, there's a preference here. It's not just a just a preference of, you know, authority versus liberty. You know, it's also a preference of, you know, chaos versus order. It's like you, you have to accept reality that people have these preferences and they exist for you know reasons because obviously obviously this is not all equal and this is something i think matt has talked about a lot with uh liberalism is that it's based on this fundamental lie of equality and i think this is uh, you know you know i think libertarians are making a big mistake when they say that there's no distinction because what you're saying is that they're equal and they're not equal and you know that i mean that right there is a lie that is not true and if you're basing your ideology or even your strategies on something that is not true uh you, you you're gonna fail or you're gonna make yourself vulnerable well i will tell you this from being um from doing tim cast the other day and being on there with a guy named sean parnell who's running for senate out of pennsylvania if i was if judith miller i, I had so much in common with him we talked about so many things. I got his wife's a libertarian. He's conservatarian. Um, but if like Judith Miller was there, I have nothing in common with that woman. I mean, what am I what am I going to talk to her about? So where I don't know where this. Oh, we're neither right nor left. I mean, that's just leftism infiltrating libertarianism. That's just leftism coming in and saying, oh, everything, everything's the same. Everything, there has to be equality. When there you, has to be equality. When you make things equal like that, when you say it's, we're neither left nor right, they're all the same, what you're doing is you're removing a border. And this is, I've said this before, that leftism is, a, is fundamentally about 
eliminating borders. It's about dissolving borders and removing distinctions. So, I mean, they do it to words. They they mm -hmm. remove the borders. A, a word is a border around a concept. And as you as you make that concept, if you, as you as you flex the meaning of the concept, as you, as you flex the definition of that of that word, you're moving that border. You're watering and breaking that border down. Ultimately, structures and hierarchies require borders. You have to have borders around things, borders around objects. This and that's fundamentally the right wing ethos, which is we have to create order, which means we have to define things. We have to separate and distinguish and fundamentally distinguish between good and evil. So when you say that they're both the same, there's no difference between them. You're th this isn't just that, oh, this is a bad strategy and it doesn't work well. It's that you're fundamentally um, you're muddying the water. You're making you're promoting uh, you're promoting falsehood. And you're 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 actively deceiving and, and and creating a like a like a deceptive environment where people can't accurately evaluate the world around them, and that's fundamentally evil in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, if you're any time, okay. I mean, give the, let's give them a little bit of credit. They're not intending to be deceptive, but I think they're deceiving themselves. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, that like, uh, and they're they're buying into something that is fundamentally untrue. And, uh, but, uh, I, and it does matter that, you know, okay, liberty versus authority, but it, it does, it, it, that is a very important one. Again, that's why people usually put it on like a four quadrant thing instead of just a, you know, a one, a, a one spectrum thing. And, but that, you know, it, it, these distinctions matter because these, all things are not equal and good and evil are not equal. And there's more than one way to be, you know, evil let's let's face it this is what we're you know we're seeing the proof of this you know in real time where you're going you, they you're being forced by people who really don't have a right to force you to you know take this gene therapy to uh you know to take it for your kids who have zero threat I, this thing is no threat to uh children and this i mean that is by far the largest portion of people who are still unvaccinated you know it, they, there's such a, a the ter, people in the workforce who are have not been vaccinated yet that's very very few and usually they're like kind of like you guys where you know they're you know technically employed but they're not in one of these major employers so and you're you're kind of working from home by yourself and you don't have any employees so it's like you're no threat to anybody and you know but now you're we're having to for and they're not even like I mean, I mean, they they do lie a little bit and say, "Oh, we're doing this for the safety of the kids," and everybody just kind of knows that's bullshit. This thing does not threaten children at all, and the uh, and so the uh, but they're saying they're openly saying we're doing it to protect the teachers, like we're going to force your children to get a gene therapy for you know to protect the already vaccinated teachers. Oh, my God. It's like this is the opportunity of a lifetime that libertarians have been waiting for. If you want, a, if you if you really want to spread the message, do it by it's like I'm here to keep your kids safe. It's like what more liberty could they want at this point? Because basically everything else has been taken from them, them at this point, and you are going to be there saying I'm going to use the you know whatever local powers of government I have to you know to demonstrate. The power of liberty to to you by keeping your kids safe. You know, I'm going to demonstrate my power by you know pushing back this supposedly almighty federal government, which as we've already established is not all powerful at all. Again, the the OSHA budget is like 500 million bucks. 
that's it. There's 2,000 agents, and most of them do not work in the in, in the field. And there's 20,000 municipalities, give or take a few hundred, in the United States. That I mean, it's like there's one agent for every 10 towns. We outnumber the bastards really, really badly. And you know, it, this should be very, very simple to say. We're not going to uh, uh, cute laws. We're not enforcing it, and we're going to to uh, you know prosecute anyone who does. Anyone, any agent who comes in our t jurisdiction, you know, to enforce these laws is going to get arrested and thrown in a cage, or they get wakeoed and we dump the body in a ditch somewhere. <laughs> yeah, maybe don't, need don't say the last need part. compost for next. Need compost for next year. So. <laughs> <laughs> The one one word that I want to rehabilitate is the word authoritarian, because I don't think that authoritarian is bad. I think yeah. authoritarian is good. I think that property enforcement is authoritarian. We don't we don't need less authoritarianism. We need the correct form of authoritarianism. We yeah. need responsible authority. We need responsible authoritarians. It's a castle. Like elites. Elites aren't right. bad. I just want impressive elites. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like we, we don't want it's not that we don't want power to exist it's that we want the power to be accountable and proper and again private property is a good way of making people accountable for for that and you know it, like it, power that is unaccountable is corrosive and corrupting power that is accountable is actually pretty purifying yes it's purifying and, and refining yes it is and you know this i think this i think i just quoted you again uh that i think that was something you said you said originally but yeah th this uh yeah, you know, if you have power, that, that this is why. Okay, if you're a libertarian, you can easily, pretty much, with very little effort, take power in your local town. And as, again, as long as there's a lot of people, you know, across the nation who are doing it, they simply don't have the budget to do it. And once people start figuring out that, oh, they actually don't have the ability to enforce this, and their their enforcement mechanisms are pretty limited. Hmm. Like this seems pretty, yeah, I, I was like, that's when the people, you know, you're, you're going to eventually, it's going to hit a critical mass where, you know, that like you, the government like publicly loses the war or, or I should say the war on COVID. And by the way, they've lost, you know, I, I think uh, Yarvin made this point the other day that, you know, war, ten, war tends to kick our ass. Like the, uh, you know, we lost the war on alcohol or we lost the war on drugs. We war lost the war on uh, uh, terror. One, you know, congratulations to terror on the war on terror <laughs> and uh, <laughs> war on poverty's kicked our ass up and down. And uh, I'm sure the war on COVID, it's you know going to be the basically the same. And yeah, and but I think this one is much quicker and easier to win because we have the tools to do it, and they don't. And that's right. Yeah, and I think this is you know. By the way, the Mises uh, GOP, you are now able to donate to it. And or at least probably as of tomorrow, uh, I think they're still, you know, Anna dot, I, I put all, all the information into Anadot and I think they approve the uh, my donation account tomorrow for Mises GOP where I can start, you know, raising money to put a libertarian and Praxian, a paleo libertarian, I should say, uh, we're not doing that thin libertarian bullshit. Give me the paleos and uh, we're getting the, and we're going to put a whole bunch of paleo libertarians in in power. You know, and they're going to say, fuck, no, we're not enforcing it. That's an unenforceable law. And screw you, you know, fuck the federal government. We're not doing it. And in fact, we're going to do a blanket nullification of all federal laws. If we still like the federal law, we're going to pass it here ourselves and then enforce it. And but, you know, but it's, we're going to be enforcing our own laws. We're not enforcing their laws. So screw them.
And you're saying that you're not going to be leading with messaging about how we believe that every single person has their own right to bodily autonomy. You're not oh going to, you're not oh. going to, that's not, it's not the way to go. Talk about, uh, you know, just taking the football and, and, and you, know, you had a, a wide open, you know, that the, the running back is just wide open. I'm here to catch it. I'm un unopposed. No one between me and the end field. And you just spike the football instead. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God! You know the the LP. You know they're raising money right now to you know to ostensibly to oppose the vaccine mandates. And instead of you know just taking a really specific issue like vaccine mandates, they're generalizing it to all bodily autonomy and everything else. If you look at read their Equality. description, I can't believe you would do something like this. It's like talk about. I, I mean, for the people who talk about having the right message, you bosh the message. It's like, it's like, that's the wrong one. You don't want to generalize, generalize it to all bodily autonomy. You keep it focused on, you know, vaccine mandates for your fucking kids. And like, you know, all, I don't know, whatever, 30 seconds, 45 seconds of whatever, you know, I think they're having $100,000. That's probably like a 30 second ad. You know, that's a, uh, oh my gosh, you no, know, to just, just keep it focused on the kids. You got 30 seconds and you're going to you know, waste, you know, I don't know, two seconds on bodily autonomy. My I, and and worse is like you're saying, oh, this is like the hypocrisy of the duopoly. Like for the Democrats, this is not hypocrisy. It's like no. okay, they, it's like this is standard operating procedure as far as they're concerned. You know, for that you might have a little bit of an argument when it comes to to the Republicans, but even then, they're on the right side of this issue. You know, and, and they're actually doing the right messaging. So yeah, where there's like, no, we oppose this. We're not doing it, and I will use all power that I have to oppose this thing. And, uh, you know, like, that, like I, I saw like, uh, uh, not DeSantis, but uh, DeSantis's press secretary was like the, ma you know, the hot blonde Michael Malice of, yes. of Twitter. And, you know, she, she was like tweeting out from DeSantis, like, no, we're going to use all powers of government to oppose this thing. And, you know, because th you don't have this right and this is not enforceable. And, you know, but, and I'm the governor of Florida, I'm the God King governor of Florida, and I'm not letting you do it. <laughs> so... And uh, I think DeSantis will win that fight. And he's not there saying that, that and he even said, like, we're not going to wait for, you know, the Supreme Court to give us permission. We're kind of just going to do it. And fuck you. <laughs> because it's like, that's like, uh, and I, I guarantee if the Supreme Court comes in and, you know, says, oh, no, you have to do it, which is something I, I, I give it like a 75% chance they will uphold this, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, these mandates. Uh, the... Uh, you know, uh, DeSantis is, is probably going to pull an Andrew Jackson and say, "Cute orders, have fun enforcing it," <laughs> and I, I, and they just, they, you know, the federal government, the executive branch, does not have that ability, short of like calling in the military. Which, you know, it's like if you're t if you're trying to start a civil war, that's how you do it. I'm looking at that ad. It says it's the anti-mandate ad. At the top, it says Libertarian, the party of principle. First of all, no, they're libertarians are not the only party of principle. The Democrats are a party of principle. They have their own principles, but they're very, very dedicated to them and they're very faithful to them. One of those principles is hypocrisy. Yes. <laughs> it's still a principle. This is party of principle is meaningless horse shit. This doesn't party of principle is like liberty. It means anything to anybody. What you are is you're a, you're a wishy-washy squish that you're allowing anybody to impute any definition upon you. You don't occupy any space 
you're you're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry for being. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. This, this is the most beta shit ever. And then it says, help fund a national ad to show people that the Libertarian Party is the only party that supports bodily autonomy and consent in all things. That's some I just, weird language right there. It really should have been, in all things, we require consent. There's some yes. really weird this, language there. And I think Th I think Tho picked up on it and he pointed it out. And I'm like, it was written. Yeah, I, I know what it is. It was written by a woman. This it was is written, written by, by a woman, woman and a pro-abortion woman. Yes. And a pro-abortion woman. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Pro-abortion woman. Yep. Yeah. You can, exactly. it's, it's hilarious that we can see that. Like we can reckon, you can smell it on them. What I was going to say when I started reading this is that this to me reads like it was written by a 50 year old single librarian who lives in Cleveland. Like that's the, that's the, 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 the ETH, like, I don't know, that's the, just the scent of it. And that's the that's the messaging and that's the messaging that that just turns people off that nobody's interested in it doesn't it doesn't do anything for anybody except for those types of people so now you're just knock off democrats that's the that's the the um what is the word i'm looking for here it's kind of like the it's like the ant smell of the of the of the the libertarian of this kind of messaging like they did that ants can smell other ants and they kind of can see them and oh, recognize yeah. them it's like the yeah. pheromones yeah 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 like pheromones that's what i'm that's that's the vibe that you get off of this what what desantis did and very appropriately is he made this about protection about about providing safety providing security because ultimately that's what people are looking for every single doesn't matter what political party people vote for they're looking for security they're voting for security and I mean, libertarians aren't offering security. They're offering rhetoric. They're offering principles at the time when you really need security. It's like <laughs> yeah. the people are like, I'm here to buy security. Like, have some principles. <laughs> and you're like, oh, oh, my God. This is like the worst possible message. I, I mean, I, I do think Dave will you know, pick up on that and try to change it because that's the wrong message. This is absolutely the wrong message of of what you should be trying to push right now this is not what the you know principles are not what the what this moment calls for this is like the time where you're like nope time to fight yeah i need power and uh this is a you know this would be the perfect time for the libertarian party to say here's why you should elect the the libertarian in your town as mayor you know because he's yep. going to protect your kids from this like that's the appropriate message that's what i'm you know doing with mises gop and i've talked about this uh, on at least a few shows now that you know, I'm here to get libertarian, you know, paleo libertarian mayors, you know, elected, and they're going to be the ones to saying, "Fuck no, we're not doing any of this sh uh, of this uh, federal bull crap." You know, but you know, this is an illegitimate government anyway. You know, you know, Biden cheated his way in there, and all of his laws, as far as I'm concerned, are illegitimate. And if and if we happen to like a, a law, I'm going to pass it here and enforce our own laws. But his laws are not are not ours, and he's an uh, you know occupying regime all of that stuff. And he's here to hurt our kids. He's here to hurt our kids. I'm here to protect the kids. If you give me power, I'll protect them. I'll use that. And by the way, the guy who's in there right now, he's a squish. And he, if, if he had the backbone to do this, he'd be here standing in front of you and talking to you about this. He's not here though. And that's how you can tell that he's a squish and he's not going to protect you. I'll protect you. And that, I mean, that is the best possible message. And it shows the, you know, the, like the real power of, of Liberty. If you, I mean, it, you know, or at least as we conceive again, because it's it's kind of this amorphous word that means anything, but it just shows that okay, if you give a libertarian power, 
you will actually get the safety that you want and you'll get liberty as a side effect. But if you're running on principles, if you're running on, you know, liberty, like this is not the, the this is not the time for that. They're, they're, you're, they're looking for security and protection right now. And if you're not selling that, you know, it's like maybe you can say, oh, well, liberty is protection. It's like, no, no, you are the protection. You are the protector. You know, that it's like, you know why they don't, why they don't get this kind of message because they don't actually care about these people. They don't care about the people that they would be protecting. They just care that the state is an inconvenience to them. They care that it, it, it personally is disruptive and, and that it bothers them. That's I, and the reason I know that is because of the way that they talk about it. They talk about, they just talk about all the bad things that it does and, and all the, the, the evils but they they don't come at it from the perspective of here are the people being harmed by this and i am here as an advocate to stand in front of tyranny and protect these people if you care about people that's the that's the phrasing that you'll use that's the way yes. you'll naturally talk about it because I, they're they they come from the position of oh individualism and everyone should be free to do whatever they want but like, oh, i don't have the right to speak for other people it's all it's just it's just wishy-washy liberal bullshit if you actually care about these people, then you'll put yourself in a position to defend and protect them. And that is the spirit of liberty. Yeah, the spirit of liberty is taking power to use it to actually you know, be the liberator of people. Okay, that, I mean, this is why we have this concept of someone who actually fights back chaos and restores order and, and, and frees the people. You know, it's not like the people ever freed themselves. Okay, the, there's no stories where that just happens. It's <laughs> yeah. always like the you know a strong man or, or a strong group of leaders that you know do all the fighting on behalf of the people, and the people will support them, of course. But you know, the people can't self-organize; they don't have that capacity. That capacity, and by the way, they shouldn't because again, this is how, this is how you know our society you know survives and thrives is that some people are specialized for different things and some people are specialized for leadership and everybody else isn't some people are specialized for you know farming and everybody else isn't some you know plumbing you know software development podcasting and you know and uh you know everything that you know it thrives on specialization where the vast majority of people do not do a certain act you know we only leave it to specialists so you have to understand okay what we need right now are specialists for providing you know for supplying liberty you know, to them and by using power to do that, because let, let's face it, you know, you know, what, what is the libertarian definition of power? Really? I mean, of, of Liberty, really it's power. You're saying I want personal power. Yeah. It's not, you're not saying I want personal Liberty. You're saying I want personal power and that's the power to choose for myself without, uh, you know, without the, uh, uh threat of aggression, which by, by the way, how do you make yourself unaggressible? You become that, you know, too terrifying to aggress against. Like you, you basically become the state because that's what it means to be a, the monopoly on aggression is that no one wants to touch you because, you know, you know, the, the state actually has the liberty, you know, has liberty as libertarians conceive of it because they're basically unaggressible. And you're saying, I want to be a state unto myself. I want to have that power unto myself. So if you're, if you're saying that, you know, oh, liberty does not require power. Good ideas don't require force. You're wrong. It's like yep. good ideas do require force because the bad ideas always have force. <laughs> it's like they always have right. a, you know, force on their on on their on their side. That's exactly the point. You need if you, if you want good ideas to thrive, you're going to need force because the bad ideas always come with force. Like no shit. 
I'm that... so glad that you just said this because that just clicked for me. The the this this specific idea just clicked with yeah. me that on one hand, that like let's say anarcho-capitalism. Anarcho-capitalism reduces to property rights. It's fundamentally about property rights. What is property? Property is an implicit threat of violence. Property is, I. this is the line at which I will engage in violence against you if you cross that line. That's the definition of property. Property is fundamentally about using force to protect an idea. And ANCAPs will start from that position and say good ideas don't require force. They're, they're defeating their own. They're refuting their own fundamental premise when they say good ideas don't require force. And I've said good ideas don't require force. I don't know how many times, but this, this formulation of it just clicked with me. You know, the left has no problem with force, um, but they also, in their Machiavellian nature, they also paint themselves as the pacifists and as the peaceful ones. And, you know, right-wingers only want to have guns because they have small dicks and that kind of thing, you know? So basically when they're saying, you, we want to take their guns, we want to take your guns, what they're saying is, we know that's what's keeping private property in check and bodily autonomy in check, mostly. I mean, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, so you have the right tends to be a little more individualistic, even anyone on the right. On the left, we have collectivism. And I think we all know that. I'm not saying yeah. anything novel here. Um, but it seems like the ones who want the most individualism all go to libertarianism. And the, the, then those people, because they're such individuals, have such a tough time collectivizing to try to come together and get any power. And there are such individuals, it just seems like they don't want power. You know, you talk about having a zero time preference for power. And that's one thing I think, um, and I actually bookmarked a tweet. Uh, I'll read it right now. We'll see, see if anybody recognizes who this tweet might be by. It says libertarians treat power as a morality problem the same way lefties treat economics as a morality problem. It just shows that each group doesn't know what they're talking about. Both are engineering problems. And I bookmarked that tweet because, I mean, that is the that is perfect and it's exactly the problem. I mean, you will hear everybody, you will hear every libertarian go, I can't be trusted with power. As soon as I get to power, I'm going to turn into Bill Clinton. I'm going to turn into Hillary Clinton. I mean, that's not like you've never examined yourself to see if you, if that's actually true or not. I mean, as many people as were brought to libertarianism by Ron Paul, he was the one guy who never got corrupted by power. And you're like, Oh, I can never be like him. Except you want it's to like be you're Ron placing Paul him on a pedestal. What? It's like, they want to be Ron Paul 2.0. It's like they're literally building themselves as that, but then saying, oh, I can't be that because I'll be like, oh, no, I, I would be like corrupted immediately and turn to like Hillary Clinton and start gunning down black kids in the streets. And Yeah, it's like, no, it's like, be realistic, man. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm going to pull a Michael Malice right now and say, well, if you own property, you have power right now. So <laughs> and it's, it's like all property is power. And it's like, you know, again, again I, it's, true but it's not quite it's not quite honest because again we're, we're equivocating here but 
the uh, and, and I, of course I know the author of that tweet. He's me. <laughs> and uh, but the the uh, but that that is so true that uh, what was the next thing you just said? Uh, you know, after after that uh, uh, about shoot. Ron Paul, they we were all brought in by Ron Paul, and Ron Paul, you know, never. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like uh, with with Ron Paul, if you're trying to build yourself as like Ron Paul 2.0, you know, Ron Paul actually did take power, and he you know used it to vote no every t every single time. Jer and I Jeremiah is making a Jeremiah Chance is making a good point here. He says, to be frank, Pete, I wouldn't trust most libertarians with any real societal responsibility. And that goes back to having impressive elites. Even Hoppe talks about that. When Hoppe, in What Must Be Done, talk, Hoppe talks about for the local strategy to take hold, you're going to have to rely on impressive, uh, impressive elites and you know the people that everyone looks to locally. Everyone, um, everyone respects, everyone knows, and everyone has a good opinion of. That most people have a good opinion of. Uh, I'm so, I'm sorry, Andrew. Yeah, uh, well, I mean that's actually a, a perfect uh, segue because, like, if you uh, let's say you don't have this right now, uh, just being the one guy who's like, "Hey, I have the courage to stand up and and say no," and the other guy doesn't, and you know this, uh, and you can go be Ron Paul 2.0 with executive power. Okay, granted he was a legislature, but I guarantee if, if we put Ron Paul in any executive position, he would make the right decision every time. And I, I would fully be comfortable with having him as my mayor, knowing I would, I, I would feel very safe. And if, if, if you actually want to be Ron Paul 2.0, go, go run for mayor on the, on the idea that I'm going to keep you safe. And people will, because everyone naturally reveres the warrior, you know, the warrior that keeps himself safe. You know, your Marduk uh, beating back chaos, and you know, again, this is an archetype as old as time. People will always revere you for that you know, as being the guy keeping them safe and helping them to organize each other. And if you, and if you just, you know, get over this uh, fear of power that, cause again, not all power is bad. Some of it's pure, you know, power can be corrosive. It can also be purifying depending on how accountable it is. If you are as a libertarian are at least going to be accountable to your principles, that's at least some form of accountability. And the uh you know and granted if you if you're like the left where you treat power as an end in itself which basically is where where their principles are derived from they're actually extremely consistent with their principles particularly their incentives they're not consistent with their ideas because their ideas are bullshit you know that's a, that, that's a rationalization they have their incentive and then the ideas are like the rationalization for that incentive the incentive is to aggress against you and to accumulate power and you know and they're going to be uh, uh, you know, reducing any sort of uh, rhetoric it takes to get that. And if you understand that about the left, that they're actually very consistent when it comes to, if you understand that they behave their incentives virtually 100% of the time, and, uh, you know, the, and they're not, it's not, they were never anti-war. Bush made a really big mistake, you know, by in lying us into a war and he exposed himself to, you know, them being able to use that as a billy club to take power from him. That was why they were so vehemently anti-war back in the 2010 and the uh, early 2000s was that, you know, this was a, a way for them to achieve power. And it worked in 2006 and 2008. And, you know, they got the power they wanted. And then they stopped caring about war. Shocker. It wasn't because Obama broke their brains. It was because they got the power that they could have gotten from it. And there was no more power to get from it. And then there was, there was power to be gotten from going to war and starting all the wars. 
And they started doing that. That was what, and and they're always consistent when it comes to, we will take whatever position it takes to get power. And that's not hypocrisy. That's the, you know, that, that that's actually consistency. You know, see, consistency is a bad thing. <laughs> but uh, like, yeah, it's, you know, their principle is power and they're always, they're always going to be consistent with it. And the, uh, and so if, but if you as a libertarian, you know, if you can actually be Ron Paul and be accountable to your own principles, go run for office, you know, and protect people. And cause that, cause that's the sort of thing that would make uh, power purifying is that it's accountable. And if you, and if you just think of what, what Matt said earlier about property, property is power. It's a, it is an incentive. It's a declaration that you know, of aggression. If you cross that line, you know, and I, you know, basically, uh, and libertarians actually say this all the time that like, you're the, you're basically the dictator of your own private property, your right. property, your rules, you're the dictator. This isn't up for democracy. And they usually say like, my rights are not up for, a you know, are, are not up for discussion, much less a vote. And uh, I, I think they're correct. You know, it's a really odd way of phrasing it, but yes. Uh, but yes, if, if you are go going to be, uh, you know, that if you already understand that you have power by just owning property, that this is, this is in fact power, you know, property is in fact a declaration of, I have power over this and I have the right to power over this land. And, you know, that, and that doesn't corrupt you because it's, in fact, it's actually purifying. It's good. Then understand that, okay, just take a little bit more and that people are willing to give you in order to keep them safe. And, Go be Ron Paul 2.0 that way. And if you know if, if you're and if you're interested in that, if you're a paleo libertarian, again, join up with Mises GOP. I'm you know, and I'm, I'm raising money now to try to put libertarian mayors in in positions of power where they can actually protect people. I was thinking about a um I was kind of riffing in my mind on the idea of the the way liberty like we were just talking about libertarians being seeing themselves rightly as like the dictator of their own property and so if you take the the theoretical system of of individualism the idea that each person is a dictator of his own property and uh that the fundamental sovereign unit in society is the individual then what you're describing as what you're you're saying like theoretically the legal framework for your philosophy is a whole bunch of tiny little monarchies all mashed up really tightly together. And then of those, supposedly those monarchs, many of them are monarchs who don't actually have any physical property. They're, they're sovereigns, but they have no property to actually indicate that. It's just like a legal claim. And you could see pretty clearly, if you think about that, if you talked about like taking, talk about like taking Southern California and dividing it up into a hundred little mini monarchies. That sort of system would be really, really nice if you could get it to work. But there's so many pressures against it working effectively that way that eventually you're going to have people who are consolidating power. You're going to—it's it's inevitable that you're going to get of those hundred monarchies over a very short period of time. It's going to be like you know what—it's just not—it's just not efficient to manage the transportation of goods and um, just uh, 
when you get things broken down that small, it's just not efficient. It's just not functionally efficient for groups of people. So eventually they're going to delegate their power to a higher sovereign. That's inevitable. Well, it's like, how can you be a full-time king and a full-time farmer? Right. You can't. It's like, you can. You can only do one well and you go and then you outsource the rest. Like I have no idea how to how to grow food and I would be fucked if I had to try. And, you know, granted, I, I know how to fast, but I can only fast for like two or three days at a time. And, you know, I start dropping weight pretty quickly. So that's not going to work. <laughs> that's not a long term strategy. And the, uh, you know, if you understand that this this is all based on specialization and that the state is just the specialized people, the people who are specialized at aggression. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, it's not a wonderful thing to be uh, you know specialized at, but it exists. And. They, and again, if you understand this is this whole thing has uh, this whole thing of aggression has value, and people are just outsourcing that you know the supply of that value the way the same way they outsource the supply of food, you know, to farmers, and they're just outsourcing their uh, su- their uh, their supplying of aggression to the state. That's all they're doing there, and the and th- and this is basically inevitable because this thing has value, and there's no really, there's no real getting rid of that. So, so that uh, makes the that makes the anarcho-capitalist position just fundamentally. Um, it's transitory. It's it's stillborn. Like it doesn't it doesn't ever. It's it's not possible to move it beyond the theoretical, with the exception perhaps of somehow through generations of evolving and building through. Uh, like blockchain technology, you could somehow get to where you could build out a framework, an actual technical, practical framework for making each individual person functionally a sovereign unit. But I think that the, as I'm learning about it, I still barely know anything. You guys both probably know more than I do. But as I'm, as I'm understanding the way that it works, it's becoming clear to me that we're not moving in that direction. Te- this, these technologies are not going to move us to greater and greater, um, uh, uh, isolation or atomization of the individual, they're going the opposite direction. They're moving people more and more into defined tribes that are going to function with like the tribe as the sovereign unit. And that's, this is kind of an old model, but it's going to become new and it's going to be, a, it's going to happen technologically, I think. So I think that, that just on a fundamental, like theoretical basis, libertarians people and caps people who are thinking in this individualist way i think that it's i think that it's 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 we're evolving beyond it it's not going to survive into the future and if you're not prepared for that then that means whatever happens next whatever comes next is going to be something you're responding you're reacting to rather than being someone who determines what those societies are going to look like so again this involves you have to take responsibility for your life you have to you have to pick up yourself Whatever you're doing, and begin bearing responsibilities. This is the Jordan Peterson message. Start taking responsibility because if if we need libertarian-minded people who are running for mayor or whatever, we need those people. We need those people to exist. Quality people like that who have proven themselves and who are insulated from the system sufficiently that they don't they don't they're not dependent upon the system to survive. That's how everyone gets got. They're dependent upon the system. Now is the opportunity to get yourself onto a parallel track, a parallel economy that is independent of the old, the old way, the old system. If you, if we can get enough people who think like us on that track, who are all um, 
working in that way and establishing themselves in positions of leadership, they'll get authority. It's inevitable. It will happen. You will get authority and you can parlay that authority into power and into actually giving these ideas any sort of teeth, like their ability to actually um, latch themselves onto the world and begin spreading. I think that that's, this is just a, this is a, this isn't me like advocating for it, like saying this is, this should happen. I'm saying this is what's going to happen and you can get on board with it or not. Well, I wanted to mention, um, I know when you start talking about elites, you know, libertarians start losing their minds and everything. Um, there's a Hans Hermann Hoppe um, piece that I pasted into the chat there. It's called Natural Elites, Intellectuals in the State. And, and Hop is the he's the guy you want to go to for things like this. I mean, he just this is what he studied. And um it's on Mises.org. If you go to Mises.org and put in natural elites intellectuals in the state, um, it's all on there. You can read it right on there. And um, yeah, just get over this, get get over this thing because because you look out and the people that are considered elites nowadays, they're not elites. They're not they're plebs yeah they're they're not the ones with all the power or they're not the ones who can wield power the natural the natural elites the people who are natural elites are you know them you respect them you just don't realize that they're elites because you know them and you respect them <laughs> and they may know you yeah so yeah maybe check out that uh, check out that hoppa article because when it comes to this stuff Hoppe has broken my brain on so many things that I just assumed. And then it was just like, oh, oh, God, OK, geez. And he just nails it 100 percent. And this is, uh, yeah, I think what, you know, what Hoppe is you know, going for is actually something that uh, Matt has said a lot. Like, how can you spread liberty if you don't have any liberty? And if you understand that, you know, liberty is just means personal power, you know, the personal power to choose you know, for your own life. Then that means if you're if you actually want to spread liberty, you have to actually have to be able to spread power, and you have to have power in order to spread it. So that's uh, uh, so yeah. Go if you if you actually are serious about you know trying to spread liberty, go take power and spread it out. That uh, that's the I mean that is the way, and that you know it is doable, and you know there is power right there in those local governments. Again, you know at an election for a local for like a uh, you know kind of like the, a town the size of like I don't know maybe Lockhart where uh, Buck is or you know or you know you know you know places unknown where Pete is, you know where, you know where they have like uh you know fourteen to you know twenty four thousand people or something like that. Uh, those elections you know range from like a few hundred bucks to maybe a maybe a couple G's, and that's about it. The way, and so if you guys are, uh, yeah, if, if, if you want to go take that, uh, that's pretty up for grabs as like, that is not expensive. You know, you do not need a ton of money to win a local election. And if you do, if you win, like you can actually use that position to spread Liberty because again, Liberty is just personal power. And this is the, that Liberty is the personal power to choose. You're making every man as unaggressible as the state because uh, the state actually has Liberty. If you want to start organizing, like people who are listening, if you want to start organizing for something, you've got money burning in your pocket, but you don't know what to do. And you're like, okay, maybe I'll just donate to the LPMC. Start coordinating with other people and relocate yourselves all together to a small town somewhere 
or to, to neighboring towns and start taking over local polities. Just go transplant yourself there. I'm talking specifically to people who are in the position to do so. If you if you can't, don't come at me saying, oh, I can't afford that. I've got all these. Re okay, fuck off. You're not someone. You're not the person I'm talking to. I'm talking to the people who can afford it, the people who are in the position to. Amy and I are going to be relocating out of Southern California, and we want to find people. We want to find a community of people who are all like-minded, who all feel the same way, who are all interested in homesteading and homeschooling. And, and we, we want to take over a community. This is the way it starts. You take over, you take over one community and you, it's kind of like the free state project, except, except not, except not just take over a community and start instituting your values there and take over local, local positions of government. And if you could start doing this in areas that are, like you said, low population, you know, Nebraska or, um, you know, Arkansas or wherever, some, some podunk area, you can actually have quite a bit of an, quite a bit of an influence there. And if you get enough people, it wouldn't take you that many people to, to kind of swing a little bit of, of, of influence in a given region. And you could basically eliminate the effect of lockdowns on a lot of this type of stuff. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be that hard to get a hold of a sheriff to like get a hold of a sheriff's office and sheriffs can arrest FBI agents. Like sheriffs can do a lot. So if, if people want to organize for something, if they're like, well, what, what kind of, what should I spend my money on? Spend your money on this. You don't need national campaigns. You, you don't want national campaigns for this type of work. You want to do this stuff under the radar. You don't want to, you don't want headlines. You want to avoid journalists. You don't want to talk to people about it. Just keep your head down. Don't, don't advertise it. Don't broadcast it to everyone. Be very choosy about the people that you're going to work with, the people who you're going to going to relocate with, and start building tribes. I mean, there's like 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 legit old school tribes, and and be very um, if if you don't understand blockchain in some sense, like I don't understand it at all. So I'm trying to surround myself with people who do. You've got to do the same because they're the ones who are going to build the future economy. And they're not going to give it to just anybody. The early adopters are going to be people who are already close and trustworthy. Like Cyprian down in Saipan has been creating um, uh, like transaction technology. So you can like uh, pay in crypto. You can all like split a bill and pay in crypto at a restaurant. And then like he said before that he has, he has uh, businesses there who are now paying their employees in crypto. They're using their, like they get their paychecks in crypto. He's building that sort of tech down there, but he's not just going to, just go like throw it on Google and just give it to anybody. People like that, that are innovating in these spaces. If you want to be able to use them as a lifeboat, you need to get connected with them now. And you need to be putting yourself in a position where you're not dependent upon the system and you can port yourself onto a parallel economy. I think that's the, this is the type of organizing and this is the type of message that, that people need to be talking now, not go let's, let's do a hundred thousand dollar ad or let's go throw all this money at this campaign over here. Like, that's all wasted resources. That's all like repainting the deck chairs on the Titanic. You know, it's it's just it's it's not worthy. It's not a worthy use of your time, and it's not going to yield the dividends that this type of thing that I'm talking about could do. So, I mean, that would if people want to know, we keep hearing this kind of like, well, you guys don't have any ideas. You're just critics, and you don't have, bring any ideas. We're obviously okay obviously number one there's people who don't listen to us yeah. but there you go someone that wants to can go clip this little spot where we were just talking about this this is what you can do if you don't want to get involved in in dlp but you want to put money toward something get involved in financing and funding this sort of thing yeah i heard there was one guy the other night who, who was like 
oh, like those post-libertarians, their idea is to go make a covenant community in a small somewhere with a whole bunch of guns and fight off the federal government. Like <laughs> nothing could be further from the truth. <laughs> nothing is further from a, from well, my, yeah. my favorite. My favorite is, oh, they're all black pilled. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like I'm the most white pilled guy I know. Maybe I mean, I'm overconfident. Like to I the mean, point I can be. I can be black pilled, but I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I wasn't right. If I if I didn't have hope, and really get if you're in a city and you're black pilled, get the fuck out of a city, go someplace small, and you'll get you'll that white pill will start creeping in real quick, mm-hmm. real quick. And oh yeah. I, I mean, I just don't. It's because we're not doing what they we're not doing the path that they want. The path that they want, which I'm still not 100% sure what it is, is I know it's local politics, and I'm 100% behind that. I'm 100% anyone who wants to pursue local politics. Um, I'll say this. I had a conversation with Michael Heiss very recently in the last two weeks. We talked for about an hour, hour and a half. We only disagree on like one thing. I mean, really, he's concentrating on local politics, and I was trying to help them. I'm trying to say, okay, this may help more. This strategy may help more. If people come in knowing that you are about local politics, then you're going to get people who come in and they're excited right from the start to do this. But if you come in like Ron Paul, Ron Paul had this thing where he went out there and it was this broad narrative and people thought, oh my God, the war. I remember someone wrote an article about if Ron Paul got elected, this is what Washington, D.C. would be like in four years. And it was like, no, it was like, no one's paying for the, the buses are private. Um, no one, there's no more um, meters on the side of the road where you have to park parking meters, things like that. Uh, everybody's carrying a gun. And I'm like, you're delusional. <laughs> you're delusional because you would have to force that on those people. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and plus, why would, why did the Ron Paul, Ron gave this grand, grand, like illusion basically that people could not jump that yeah it's like i've said recently i've said this privately i'll say it publicly i've probably said it publicly too i've been around ron paul a lot okay and no one ever walks up to ron paul and shakes his hand and says dr paul i want to thank you we went and we took over our local government. We're privatizing the schools now. And thank you for the inspiration. What do they do? They go up to him. They say, Dr. Paul, you changed me. You saved my soul. It's a very individual kind of thing. And individual having the idea for individual liberty is great. And I think Jason lays out plans towards individual liberty. But if you actually care about other people and you say you have a Christian vision of wanting to help your community is going to have to go beyond the individual. And how do you do that? Well, maybe when you're laying out the message right from the start, the message should be, should include not this grand vision, but a very focused vision of we are going to be about local politics. We do not care about the 202 area one area code anymore. That's why I give money every month to the 10th amendment center. Michael Bolden told me a long time ago, he's like, I don't care about the 202 area code. We don't, 
by working locally and working with states, that's what we're fighting. We can do that, but we're going to concentrate on doing it here. I'm not going to go to D.C. for anything. I'm not going to go lobby D.C. for anything. And that's where it that's where it's at. And that's where the message has to start. It's like, this is what our this is what we're going to do. We're going to create 10,000 Liechtensteins. We're going to have 10,000 city states and hopefully more. Hopefully we can expand upon that. And just for 10,000. I don't, I don't, Jason, I'm sorry. I don't care about my camera right now. Um, The, so that has to be the, the, the start of it. That has to be right from the start. People have to know this is going to be about a local revolution, and if you're not, then you're you may be preaching a message that people grab onto and think that this grand vision is going to happen. And it's like, I, I really think that they learned the wrong lesson from Ron Paul. And I mean, what you said, you know, was about him was right. Is that the uh, you know they don't go up to him and thank him for the for inspiring them to take over a town, which. By the way, if you're joining me as a GOP, you're eventually going to do that to Ron Paul, where we we are thanking him for inspiring us to go take over a town. Like <laughs> that's the like that's the actual way of doing it because they, they took the wrong lesson from Ron Paul. They took the lesson from it that uh, trying to achieve power is impossible, but you know the fact he was there shows it is po- possible, and it's that much more possible down at your local level. You're at your local Liechtenstein. And, you know, for and I, I would say that, you know, the correct lesson is that libertarians can win power, you, you know, from the right, <laughs> you know, the or really paleo paleo libertarians like Ron Paul can. And the, uh, you know, and I think there's been more than enough examples of, you know, paleo libertarians winning power that, uh, you know, that we could make a real, uh, you know, we could actually start making real pushes here. And this and if you understand, like, okay, for ten thousand Liechtenstein's, you're going to need ten thousand kings, you know, duh. That's uh, I mean, that, that really is like a no duh thing. Even though they say this, they don't make the logical connection of what that actually means in practice. It never go. It never for whatever reason their their minds always stay in the theory uh, and the, and in the clouds. It never actually translates to you know, okay, what what does that actually look like in practice? Okay, if you say you want to do ten thousand Liechtenstein's, you need ten thousand kings for that. So so find me ten thousand kings and run them for local office. And if you, and like with these local elections, you're talking like 10% turnout. Like that, like that's about what you're looking at. Like, you know, we, uh, I I looked this up with Buck the other day, you know, in his uh, like uh, local election in a town of uh, like 15,000, you know, they had like a 10% turnout for the whole election. So if you, okay. And if you assume that, okay, like 50, 50, you know, goes for the Dems and, and which it really, it didn't, you know, cause it's like a 70% red town and it's, it's really a one-sided election for in favor of the Republicans. And <clears throat> so if you understand that you, you only have to get like a few hundred votes and you win, that's it. It's like, this is very doable. Like you don't even need to spend money on that. Just, you know, knock on the, knock on a few hundred doors and talk to a few hundred people about Here's, you know, I'm here to protect your kids. And next time there's a school board election, you run in and say, I'm here to shut these guys down. Vote for me. It's like, because you have a few, like a few dozen ears right there who are going to like, that's the guy, you know, these guys are not the guy. That's the guy, you know, we're, 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 we're putting him in there so that he, so he can tell them what for, and he can vote them down because, you know, this guy's here to protect us. And you only, it only takes like a few hundred votes to really win these things. 
because most people like when they show up, they don't care about local elections because they think it's not valuable and they think there's no power there. They're wrong about that. And you know, again, as we discussed it last time with our discussion of uh, Hoppe's bottom-up revolution of what must be done, which again, if you haven't watched that yet, you need to go back and watch that. What must be done, but you know, Hoppe figured this all out in like 1997, which was like, I was like five at the time. So that's like a, uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm dating myself just a little bit, but that the, uh, yeah, I, I, he had this figured out decades ago. And, you know, we, you know, and it's time for us to really start implementing what must be done. And, you know, and it's so doable, it's cheap. And, and it, you know, really just get, buy yourself a 200 pair of, of sneakers and go knock on doors. And just was a simple message of, I'm here to keep you safe. This, and this is exactly what's going to, you know, spread liberty. Cause again, liberty is just personal power. And I think you, that there's a, there, there's a dynamic here where we get, um, I think people feel like we keep moving the goalposts because we're really making critiques on two fronts for the, when we're, we're critiquing the, the, the current libertarian status quo, we're critiquing them on the strategy front and on the message front. We're saying that, that, that they have the wrong strategy in the route and the way that they're, they're thinking about this, the way they're trying to, 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 to win it at a, at a, at a higher level than they need to. Um, but they also have the wrong message. Because the message that they're they're sin, they're leading with is this kind of wishy washy uh, uh, equality autonomy for everyone message, and they need to be selling this message of of like we've been talking about. You need to be you need to be keeping people safe. That you're trying to provide security to people. So there's I, I want to make sure that's clear that we're not we're not moving the goalposts around. We're saying this is this is true, and also this is true. You know, you guys need a different strategy, and also you need a different message. But even beyond that, for people who are looking for things to do to try to contribute to this, if we're going to have 10,000 Lichtensteins and those 10,000 Lichtensteins need 10,000 Prince Hans Adams, then what those 10,000 Prince Hans Adams need is support networks and infrastructure and innovation, technological innovation that makes their job easier. If we're going to try to port to a a new sort of ruling governance system. Read this. Yes. It's Prince Hans Adams book, the state in the third millennium. It, it, you'll be blown away. I want to read it. I've heard, away. I've heard so much about it for people who don't know the, the, the ruling monarch of Liechtenstein is, a, is effectively an ANCAP and he's friends with Hans Hermann Hoppe. Uh, and that, that model, that sort of model is kind of the sort of thing I'm thinking about, but they have a very specific culture. They have a culture that. Well, it, you, well, you know how they pay their bills, that. right? How? He's the CEO of like an international company. Yeah. He's into yeah. he's like independently wealthy. Yeah. Like you don't have to pay you, you you don't have to pay taxes if you don't want to in Liechtenstein. And if you do, it's something it's below 10%. I think it might be below 5%. He allowed everyone to um like the Hamlets to secede. If individuals wanted to secede, they could and they could stay there and everything. And I mean, <laughs> you know, I I can get my German citizenship back and see about going there, but you know, it's... <laughs> I've heard that their uh, their immigration process is one of the strictest in the world. Yeah, but I I might have an in because of because I have German citizenship. So oh yeah 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 I, yeah I, I, I could get in. So. But that's I interesting just... that this this very libertarian one of the like probably the most libertarian country in the world is has one of the strictest immigration uh, yeah. policies in the world. Well, that doesn't that make sense? I right. mean, wouldn't an ANCAP 
wouldn't Ankapistan have that? Right. I mean, there this is be, what I'm saying. What, Authoritarianism. What would immigration be? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What would immigration be? You know, it would I mean, would it exist? It would be people. It would be like okay, some company saying, oh, so you want to come here? Okay, we'll set up. We'll get you set up with a place to live. I mean, it'd be more like what the, a lot of the major companies do now, where mm-hmm. it's like if they really want somebody, they'll get housing for them. They'll get this for them and everything like that. Right. You know? And yeah, I'm. I just don't think. I think people think that. And Kapistan is just going to be the would be this free for all where after a couple of weeks, the roads, everybody would be be able to use the roads and do <laughs> you could travel on anyone's property and everything like that. And it's like, no, there'd be rules and there would be. I mean, what, what what's your process for letting a stranger come into your house? Right. Uh, you, you there probably isn't one. You probably want to know exactly who that person is. <laughs> And, and if someone uh, comes into your house and say they start, they come into your house and they start talking about now, say now somebody comes into your house and they start talking about how um, beating children is really the only way to go. And I mean, you have to, you just beat them until they, they submit. If you're completely against that, you have every right to kick them out of your home. They have an opinion you don't like. And then I mean, if they you, if they want to group themselves with other people who feel the same way and then collectively all throw you out of their area, that's entirely their right. If they want to collectively bind their sovereignty into a into a into a, a collective, they're they could do that. And so and the the child beaters could do that too. And then at least we'd know where to drop the drone. Privately owned. <laughs> the McNuke. <laughs> exactly. Or the private nuke. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, the, uh, a, a, and so right now it's like the, the call to the calls to action are, you know, one move, get yourself out of these big cities that are black pilling you and taking your Liberty away. It's like you, you the, fir- I mean, the first step is just move, you know, get to set, Get to somewhere where you can actually start building, you know, these, you know, ten thousand Liechtenstein's. Because Liechtenstein's not huge, you know, it's a small, it's a small place. And it's like forty thousand people, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like a, it's like a, you know, a, you know, small, really a small town. So mm-hmm. if you, yeah, you need to move. It's like that's like step number one is get yourself out of that these bad situations. You know, get, start controlling your income, start working remotely, and and uh, be able to do your job anywhere. And it, you know, or, and or if not, find a different way. You need to find, like like that's step number one. Step number two is you know help the you know help fund the rest of us to you know start but you know uh, fund you know electing these you know mayor bucks and mayor Pete's who can actually start you know building relationships with these people and uh, and actually take power and then use that power to spread liberty because again that's all liberty is it's just personal power. And so, and you can't spread liberty if you don't, you can't, if you don't have any, and you can't spread power if you don't have any. And, and what better time than this? What better, what better time? time than now? It's like, they're looking for someone to give this power to, and, you, and you're like, no, don't give it to anyone. Power evil. And it's like, no power here is purifying is here to protect the, uh, protect people. And you saying is evil is you marking yourself as the enemy. Uh, Cause basically they see you as the, as the exact same, as the left, who's here to uh, to subvert and undermine their their own security, and instead you could actually get some liberty for yourself as you know again power. Liberty is just personal power. It's the power to choose over your own life 
and where can you get that besides the state you know besides the state go 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 run for local government you know get and get that power and then start spreading it because that is spreading liberty and yeah and so that's the uh, uh, those are the calls to action is one move two help help fund us again at Mises GOP the donation link is probably going to be ready tonight or tomorrow and we're going to be putting uh, good mayors you know a good paleo if you're a good paleo libertarian in Texas or Florida this is where we're starting you know we're going to be you know how trying to uh to you know fund a whole lot of you know 10,000 Liechtensteins here in the deep south and uh, cuz these are people who are already you know if you they're already ready to have this you know secession <laughs> and like they're they're on board and it's like we just need to get the power to do to pull it off and it's not and we're we're starting right now so uh, but, uh, Pete you said you had a conversation with uh uh Michael Heiss uh, like how committed are they to the to these local elections are they still going to be uh just you know, 100 I mean, that's what that's what Michael said. Michael can't control what everyone in the Mises caucus talks about. You know, he's yeah. he's out there doing his thing. He is busy as fuck. And his vision is just everything is local, local elections, local bills, local laws passed. Um, I know where he's going and I'm 100 percent behind him. He are, just are they, has I mean, he he's brought in a lot of people in the last you know 12 months. And obviously they're not, if you have 10,000 people, I mean, really, and there's, and somebody, and somebody has a vision, the leader has a vision, communicates that vision. There's still going to be a ton of people out there who aren't going to be, they're just there to they ride. They get the memo. Yeah. They, well, or they're just there to ride. They're just there to say, oh, I'm part of the Mises caucus too. You know, they just, they join the club. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it just goes back to Pareto. Everything goes back to Pareto. 80, 20. You know, so. I mean, I know what Michael, I know what Michael's all about and I support everything that he's doing. I mean, we have one, we have one probably disagreement, but it's fine. It's not something that it's Are not they going to be actually, uh, you know, prohibiting the, uh, higher levels of office run, you know, runs for higher levels of office other than local, because I mean, that, that would show me that they had real commitment oh. if that, you know, if they said, okay, no more U S house runs, no more Senate runs, no oh, more state know. house runs. You know, it's like, it's I don't like know. he doesn't running... see, he doesn't, I don't think he sees the the benefit in doing something like that. You know, okay. I, I, okay. So, it, so he's not going to be prohibiting. I know, I know they're not going to run those candidates, but are, but if they're not actively prohibiting it, other people are going to do it. And that waste resources that need to be spent, you right, know, down right, here right. at the local level. I mean, it's, it's a question of quality control and resource control. If you don't control the resources, you don't have power. And that I, that's the, uh, that's like the, the the first thing again you can always find out where the power is by following the money so uh, it's like that you know it, it, I, that's that's where i question the commitment to because people they want the ego runs and this is something i, I sense for a lot is they they have these uh egos they want to fill by running against the state and right. you know and I, I i saw the other you know day that the uh, the lp had some sort of a uh, uh you know message about well, the reason people you know you know shouldn't go for like Day Smith, this is like coming from like the more lefty libertarians, is that nobody knows who uh, Day Smith is because they haven't seen his name on a ballot, uh, you know, like Joe Jorgensen. And I thought this is, I mean, you are so removed from reality if you think that's what that's what knowing who you know they they, like they didn't want they, oh I remember what it was they didn't want Dave to be the one to uh, give the message 
you know, in, in this ad, they wanted it to be like someone like Joe Jorgensen, who was more recognizable. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, and, uh, yeah. And I, didn't like, know who George, I didn't know who George Jorgensen was when I shook her hand last year. Yeah, exactly. In January of last year. And, you know, and, you know, so for, you know, it's like that, you know, they, they, they have these just incredible ego uh, runs. I feel like that's the sort of person who who's attracted to the LP banners. They they want to get the blue check mark because you can't get a blue check mark for running for a local election. You, you just can't. Uh, and, you know, they want to get the blue check mark on their name and Twitter. And so they want to do like a, you know, Senate run uh, or a Congress congressional run or something like that. And, you know, it's just an ego trip for, for them. And I, I worry about the Mises caucus falling into that same, you know, mindset uh, of we're really, they're really just here to help the Democrats uh, steal votes from Republicans. And that's, that's all that is. And th that was where that came from is that they realized that, that the GOP really is their only competition. The Democrats don't want them. <laughs> and the, uh, the Democrats are not tempted by liberty. Only the Republicans are tempted by liberty. If you're going to be stealing votes, from, it's not going to be from equal parties. You know, the, it's, you're going to be taking those from the from the Republicans. And this is, you know, I, I feel like this is where they want to go. And they just want to continue the same spoiler candidate mistakes of the of the past LP. And if they were actually serious about, you know, taking, you know, taking power locally and focusing 100 percent on local issues, you know, then you would say, all right, you know, we you know, I, we, we control the LP now. No. You know, zero candidates get run. You know, for higher anything higher than like mayor or city councilman, or you know, maybe 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 like county chair or something like that. You know, we, that we shall see. I mean, the um, the way I look at it is this: the the, the LP is not going anywhere. The Mises Caucus isn't going anywhere. Agreed. I want them to be effective in what they do. I want them to affect change on the local level. So I will help them in any way possible and I'll do it without ego. I mean, I'll do it. I don't, I don't need, if I suggest something that works, I don't need recognition that it worked. I don't need a pat on a public pat on the back or anything like that. I'm, I'm in this because there are people like me who, I mean, I just, it's, it's selfishness for me. I want to live in a way that they just leave me alone. I'd like to control my own statecraft one day. You know, I know that I can. I know that I can do that. And I, I have the ability to do that. I have the temperament to do it. And you know, I want to help anyone that I see is has the same goals as I do. I think that I probably have a lot of good ideas because. I've read so much and read so many different people that you know I can help, and that's what I'm. That's what I'm going to be there to do. Is I'm not. I'm not going to crap on the Mises Caucus every once in a while. I'll crap on members because I mean, yeah, we <laughs> we we've seen some of the stuff that they say about us. I mean, just yeah. the the whole black pilling thing. That to me was just absolutely. I mean, I had to contact people privately and go, what "The fuck are you talking about?" black pill what what the hell is wrong with what where's this coming from um but i want to see them succeed i, I want to see them succeed succeed in michael heiss's vision so i'm going to do everything that i can i can do to help um help them with that and i'll do everything i can do help locally here and if that has to be through the gop locally i'm fine with that i've already i met um saturday night with 
some local libertarians. I don't think that they have any problem working through the GOP um, in local elections around here. And um, yeah, I think that that just all that stuff should be laid out on the table. But yeah, I mean, one thing that I immediately said was, you know, any idea of running a libertarian against Ron DeSantis is absolutely insane. And maybe a left libertarian, um, but a horrible left libertarian. But I, I said on a live stream with Scott Horton last night, yeah, I said, maybe before you get into election season, you go to DeSantis and you say, look, if you don't give us this, this, and this, and I mean right now, not after the election, we're going to run a libertarian against you and we're going to take votes away. And just do it as a threat. Just do it as an empty threat. You're not planning on doing it. You're just seeing if you can get something. That's playing politics. And that's, that'd be playing good politics. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, that's one suggestion that I've given. And we'll see if people listen to me. I don't know. I don't know. I get just, him to, get him to a endorse a few of your local candidates if you're going to run yeah. them. That is like, that's the sort of thing that that's worth. You know, you can't say, oh, I want the agricultural commissioner or something like that. Okay, that's too big, too big of an ask. You know, your thing is, your threat is not worth that. Just say, hey, we want you to endorse a few of these guys who are from some local local mayor somewhere. And so, you know, in, a in the name of a town, he probably doesn't recognize. So yeah. that's, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the sort of thing that he might actually be willing to give you. And again, don't follow through on it, but you know, that's cause that's going to, that's going to be a disaster for everybody, but right, right. yeah, uh, but yeah, Just, I mean, there, there's plenty of ways to do it. If you're, if Michael Heiss really is focused on local elections and I, I take your word for it that he is, if you've spoken to him, I trust you. I, I, you're a good judge of character and all that. I don't know him personally. And, you know, I, I think that, you know, that would be the, the best way for it. And, you know, I wish them well. I hope we can work together on, you know, putting the, installing the anti-tax in, you know, a whole bunch of uh, places alongside them. I would really like to work with the LPMC. I'm, you know, I'm going a different way because I, I, just, I haven't sensed that from them. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go do this, do this a different way. And I'm going to use the anti-tax as my, as one of the deadly clubs I'm going to beat the state over the head with and, or well, not true, not truly beat them over it, but you know, get them into it. Nicholas, I'm not God, but I see and know everything. <laughs> <laughs> just for my, like my own personal, this is not commentary on anything you guys are talking about at all. Just my own personal uh, bent. I, I, would see getting involved with like doing political action with the LP as even if everything else was phenomenal, just the fact that in doing it, you would have to do things like interact with, you know, Archie flower and exactly. Yeah. The fact that you would have to, to interact with these goofballs and that you have to take them into consideration that you just like, they become a part of your day just because you're deciding to be involved with the LP. That for me is sufficient. Like that's enough to turn me off from it. I'm like, Anybody else can take over the LP. They can do that. It's not my thing. <laughs> Physical removal is a thing. Yeah. yeah. Fully support that. <laughs> well, guys, we're coming up on like an basically uh, yeah, almost two hours. Uh, do you guys plugs? Uh, Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast, by any means necessary, Substack. And um, if you haven't, or if you already have, go watch it for a second time. Go watch. Um, Monopoly on violence on Amazon Prime. I'm on Twitter at Real King Pilled. Uh, YouTube, our our show there is called King Pilled, and uh, you can uh, 
uh, also the other thing I would I would say is is to come join the Nomad Network. Uh, it's a network that, uh, that that Jason Stapleton built that uh, I've I've helped him with and done a yes. lot of work with, and it's a it's a really really good place. Uh, it's it's for people who are liberty minded who want to create their own liberty. They're interested in controlling the source of their income and um, improving their own rare and specialized skills, and also being connected with a community of people who are who are like minded. So it's uh, if you want to join that, just go to my.nomadnetwork.app and you can join. I- I double that. Go join the Nomad Network. And if you can, uh, you know, like and subscribe. You know, I'm trying to get monetized here. So if you know, 32 people in the in the chat, 26 have put some likes down. If you, you know, and if you haven't, please subscribe. This help you know helps my channel, helps me get monetized, helps me fight a war on poverty and stop being poor. <laughs> and you know, and again, I you know, I you know, I'm at uh, Popular Liberty underscore on Twitter. And I now have a, you know, subscribe star, you know, available at, uh, you know, popular at subscribe star slash, uh, popular dash Liberty. And it's that, you know, like, yeah, well, like right there, Steve, you know, stop letting Andrew be poor. I don't, you know, <laughs> gotta make sure that I, I can quit my job at the biodiesel plant where I'm stuffing all the poor people into the vats, <laughs> <laughs> all the other poor people. So that, well, and, uh, thank you. And, uh, again, oh, also want to plug the the last you know, uh, libertarian roundtable uh you know uh, from the uh, matt pete and poppy uh, that we did that was discussing a little more in detail the uh you know, hoppa's what must be done strategy that was on uh pete's channel and uh definitely uh put that up i think next time around we're going to be on the king build channel all right take care y'all take care thanks